This is episode 147 for Tuesday, August 21st, 2018, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week, we feature beers from Oregon. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Travis, and together with Chris, Jeremy, Powers, and Sawyer, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Every week, we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast may be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at brew underscore styles. Drop by our website, brewstyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. And welcome back to another episode of Brew Styles. As always, I am one of your many hosts, Travis, and I'm sad to report that I have done absolutely nothing with beer and home brewing this week. Surprisingly enough, usually I come with a multitude of breweries that I've visited or beers that I've you know brewed at home or bottled. I've done nothing well, you, at all. You did a lot the last couple of weeks, so yeah. At some point, need you need an off week. It builds up. And you just got a right. stash of things, and you've got nothing left to do. So that's where I'm at now, which is okay because I'm about to start working again tomorrow. So mm. Eh, mm. that's all right. Mm. But uh, I am joined by several other people. Our usual cast. We've got Powers. Hey, how are you doing, Powers? I'm great. Done uh, anything beer related? No. <laughs> Uh, no. That's fair. We're on the same page. Then. Yes. And I, well, I have, th- my mom just texted me, was like, when are you going to come bottle this beer? And I'm like, uh, uh, when I wake up before 6 a.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> is that your ESB that's still been sitting around? Yeah, it is. And so I've got to go do that, even if I just go up there and bottle it and not brew anything. But I also need to, because I have Stubby's Irish Red Kit um, sitting around. And I haven't done anything with that yet either, so uh, I've, I've got some stuff to do. Well, it's too bad, because you know after two weeks it goes bad and you have to toss it out, right? Really? It didn't say that in the instructions? No. Uh, well, live and learn. I mean, I, I, I did forget to refrigerate my hops and yeast. So oh my gosh, that it's might be a problem. so ruined now. It's done. It's, it's over. ruined. <laughs> I'm sure. Maybe I can salvage some of the extract, I don't know. <laughs> maybe so jeremy how you doing i'm doing good how are you pretty good tell me about your week in beer uh i'm pretty much right there with you i haven't really done much um i should have moved my mead that me and my brother uh started fermenting back in on his birthday that was like um cider or mead? yeah we actually the i don't mead. know if i mentioned that uh, last time, but me and my brother decided that um, he did the you know um, ancestry dot com DNA test, and he found that we had some Viking blood in us. So Whoa. yeah, he wanted to uh, for his twenty first birthday start fermenting a mead that we'd you know have in a couple years, 
and uh yeah that was <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, was, that was cool um but I, after reading some some recipes and stuff like that uh it's about time to move it you know uh re-rack it into a just a an aging chamber just another jug mm. so but I haven't had the chance to do that yet. At least you know going into it that it's going to take a long time for it to mature. Yeah, yeah. I've, it's not a quick drink. It seems all. to be a pattern. I like to to start the big long projects. I got those rhizomes going, and um, they're starting to go crazy, man. Okay. Um, and uh, what's the length on them? There's at least a foot or more wow. on on some of the binds, and there's like. There's got to be like six to eight binds by now. And so my next plan of action, because I haven't done this yet, because they weren't that long. And I was like, you know, they can just kind of grow a little bit and um, just put some like dowel rods and have them kind of go up there. And when they get even bigger, you know, maybe maybe I could just build a trellis right now uh, and and not disturb any roots. So Hmm. um, but I could do that later as well. Yeah. yeah, I see those in the uh, in the brewing magazines a lot. Mm. Like you know, do it yourself, build your own little hop trellis box or, or yeah. whatever, so you can save space and still have it wind around something. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I my I was talking to my supervisor about the fact that I brew, and he he asked me. He's like, "Have you ever considered doing a mead?" And <laughs> I told him I was like, "Well, yeah, but." You know, I'd have to really research that, and it'd probably take me a couple of years to actually have it ready. And he's like, if you ever do a mead, I'll buy some from you. And I'm like, well, I, I, like I said, it's going to take a couple of years. And he's right. just like, I'm it's also a- illegal. Yeah, I know, but still. <laughs> but he's also like, uh, well, I'm a patient person. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that means that he like just wants me to get on that immediately <laughs> or, <laughs> or whatnot. Like that's an official like task that he's given me or something, but eh, who knows. It's illegal to sell. Sell. You can't sell your homebrew. Well, yeah. You can gift it all you want. Yeah. I could gift it, and then he can give me a cash gift. (laughs) Gift exchange. Yes, exactly. And that is the voice of Chris as well. I got you mead. Yes, I'm here. You got me cash. (laughs) (laughs) Chris is currently out of homebrew, and he will be for a while. Sad. Yes. So in the place of that, he brought something else to drink. I did. Yeah, so I've been buying a lot of... um, cans and things lately because you know when i'm out working at the property it's easy to fill up the cooler with cans dump some ice on it and don't have to worry about bottle openers and Mm -hmm. all that stuff but anyway um i found well let me start by saying that uh even though it is august the uh the oktoberfest beers are already in full swing at the total wine Wow. Whoa, live drop. All right. <laughs> um, and all the pumpkin beers, too. I saw Punkle. Oh, my gosh. I saw Punkle, which I'm super excited about because that's a pretty solid one. Who does that? I, um, Lakewood. Oh, no. right. Right? Right? Yes, yes Lakewood. Lakewood. Okay. Um, I like that one because it's a dark, it's a dunkle mm. that they put pumpkin in. So, it's Punkle. Punkle. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the pumpkin beers you get are, like, really light. Mm. And I don't like the light pumpkin beers because they're overly like allspice and it's just not very good but i think the pumpkin allspice thing mixes with the dunkle very well so punkle is one of my my if i were to say i had a favorite pumpkin beer that one would be it or the um the rumpkin from uh, avery 
That one was delicious. I haven't had that. I could be wrong, but I feel like Lakewood's Punkle is brewed with just spice and no actual pumpkin meat. Oh, really? I think that was their gimmick with that one. Mm. Right. Pumpkin spice. But, I mean, yeah. as we found out in our pumpkin beer episodes, most of what you get out of the beer itself is the spice. You don't actually yeah. taste a lot of the pumpkin in many examples. Mm. Yeah, because I don't think pumpkin tastes like we think it tastes. Yeah, I was talking about like that. When you have pumpkin pie and that pumpkin spice is what you get, not necessarily... in the sweetness. Right. Yeah. But I, I don't... Actual pumpkin meat, if you were to eat it, I don't think it tastes like spice. Yeah, it's like squashy. Yeah. Kind of. And gordy. Gordy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So I'm excited to see all the Oktoberfest beers out because it is by far, this is my favorite um, part of the year in beer. Mm. It's all yes. the Oktoberfest. I'm anxiously awaiting Addison Oktoberfest. Uh, yes. This will be your number four for me. I'm excited. I think. Yeah. So it'll be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it'll it. Be my, it'll be my first Addison Oktoberfest, and wow. I've heard it's a good time. It's fa- it's fantastic. Oh, wow. Um, totally worth the trip. Totally worth the trip. Um, anyway, so I saw that 903, the brewery from my hometown, that I am anxiously looking for beers from them that I like, um, has Ri- The city of Richardson, thank you. <laughs> no, Sawyer, it's no, not Richardson. No, it's not Richardson. Sherman, but... Um, Anyway, so uh, I did not see the Oktoberfest that they did last year, but apparently they did do it last year because it was on Untapped, and uh, Jeremy said, this one's better than last year. So um, Jeremy Roberts, the owner from 903. Anyway, so I bought a six-pack of it, and I'm, I'm surprised, present, pleasantly surprised at, at how good it is. Um, it's very much within the Martzen style. It's not the Fest beer, Oktoberfest. No. Um, it's It's good. I like it. Yeah. I so that's what we're drinking right now. I certainly enjoyed it. It's pretty good representation of the Martin style. Just nice and bready, malty. Yeah, not overly sweet, but it has a little bit of that um, kind of caramely mm-hmm. um, toasted character. It's good. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. It's exciting to see the the blue and white diamonds on the end caps of Total Wine, just like... Here we are. It's coming. <laughs> Has Hackershore made its arrival on our shores yet? I have not seen it. I saw the Hofbrau, um, obviously the Rar and the Shiner, and mm-hmm. um, I saw most the, most all the local ones are out I already. Saw the Sierra Nevada as well. I yes. think. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta get me some of this Hackershore because every uh, every time you guys talk about it, you just kind of rave over it. I, need, well, I mean, Sawyer. I know Sawyer like <laughs> he's gonna buy buy the he's gonna take out a loan and buy like a hundred cases of it, <laughs> buy his own keg through the year. Yeah. Yep. Naturally. And that's our weekly check in with Hackershore, yes. prevent, presented by Sawyer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do love yeah. my little speaking miscue in the middle of that one. <laughs> um. But anyway. I also saw something else that was interesting. I think also by Sierra Nevada. It was called BFD. Big flipping. No, it's it's beer for drinking. Like oh. that's what the beer is called. <laughs> huh. It's a hopped blonde. A hopped blonde, huh? Yeah. Or hoppy blonde. Well, I think that's what they called it. But hmm. beer right. is made by a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I drinking. love that drop. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was interesting. They called it BFD, beer for drinking. Like, uh, so not, that's no, not what, what else that stands it, for. 
it was the first thing that came to my mind i know right (laughs) that's probably part of the marketing yeah but anyway i was like i wonder what that tastes like if it's just a really easy going moderate alcohol sessional beer like you know just probably just a light lager or something yeah yeah no it said hoppy blonde uh, so I think, I have to pick up a six pack of that because I'm I'm interested to see what that what that yeah, is. Yeah, same here. Hmm. I anyway. may be in the minority here, but I feel like August is still too early for Oktoberfest. Yeah, well, the um, pumpkin beer. Well, okay, maybe for pumpkin beer. I think late September is good for pumpkin yeah, beer. But I would but, I would agree on the pumpkin beer. But, but for the, Oktoberfest, I think it's fine. Yeah, the German Oktoberfest is in September, so we're yeah. almost to September. So I think we're right around where we need to be i feel you on that though travis it was triple digits yesterday here in texas (laughs) yeah yeah so you have a nice thirst quenching refreshing fest beer yes Uh, be fantastic i guess but this one however the martin is not maltier yeah yeah i think the body's a little fuller than some of the other more poundable examples that we've seen like polliner and and whatnot hacker shore for sure yeah but uh, that's kind of what you come to expect from the Americanized versions. Yeah. Just a little bigger. Still good. Actually, I didn't even see what the ABV was. Uh, it doesn't say on the can. It does not say. Alcohol <laughs> volume. I'm on fire with drops. Alcohol volume. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. Yeah, it's, it's not on here. Uh... Untap says five point four percent. I can see it. Yeah, feels feels right. <laughs> feels right at there. Five feels four. right there. Cool. Anyway, yeah. So um, that's about it for me. What are we <laughs> talking? What are we talking about? Oh wait. So Jeremy, what do we say to our listeners? Just <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> a little giggle. I didn't you. hear that giggle the first time I listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we do need to say thank you to our listeners. Yes, we <laughs> we do. We're up yes. to episode 147, and some of you have been with us the whole way. Some of you are just joining in, but we definitely appreciate you listening. And if you do enjoy it, then definitely subscribe on whatever your listening platform is, whether it be Stitcher or iTunes or Google Play or whatnot. And uh, you know, go ahead and drop us a review. Let us know what you think, what you like, what you want to hear. Uh, we've had a few people already reach out through email about... Uh, Maybe collaborating on future episodes, and so we're working that into our, our future schedule. Really excited about that, and if uh, if that's something that you might be interested in, then send us an email, and we'll try to work out something. Because, like for example, we don't get many North Dakota beers or Mm-mm. you know beers from other states that are far away, and maybe you do live in that state, and you're like, you know, let's collaborate. Then we could do a little beer swap and feature you an episode right along with us as a uh, fifth member. So uh, definitely be looking forward to a few of those episodes coming up soon with some special guests and uh, maybe some more if you want to reach out to us as well. Chris at BruceStyles.com. Drop us a line. Well, and continuing on in our state series, we're moving on to a very rich in beer state. Not one of the larger states by, uh, by land area and square footage, but definitely one of the larger states in breweries per capita by far and of course the one we're talking about is oregon mm-hmm. up in the pacific northwest a lot of beer and uh it's also the home of portland which is by far one of the beer meccas i think it's what top three beer cities up there with denver and san diego as far as number of breweries gotta be yeah 
because that's the yeah. one I always hear people talking about that it has you know a brewery on every corner mm-hmm. you know, rivaling Starbucks location <laughs> right it's pretty exciting well, I, I think given the uh, g- given you know the demographic up there they'd probably rather have breweries than Starbucks in a, like a big mega corporation so yeah especially being right. up there in the Willamette Valley area yeah you know Willamette hops Get some real Ooh. fresh hops yeah, yeah. at the right source right there yep yep yeah, Chris looked up a little bit of information on it earlier, and uh, actually found some more updated information. Ooh, There's give us more. Give us the stats. So, uh, OregonCraftBeer.org, believe it or not, um, as of December thirty first, twenty seventeen. So this is still several months ago, with it being August now. But two hundred and seventy five breweries. Whoa. Uh, are operated by two hundred and twenty five companies. So 50 of those breweries are duplicates, I would imagine. Right. In 80 cities across Oregon, 31 in Central Oregon, uh, 16 in Eastern, 12 in the Mount Hood and Gorge area, 112 in the Portland metro area, 24 in Southern Oregon, 31 on the coast, and 49 in Willamette Valley. Okay. Ayo, River. Um, also, they produce 707, sorry, 1.7 million barrels a year. Damn. And they consume hmm. 707,000 barrels a year. Wow. So wow. That is a lot. Um, yeah, the... Um, a thirsty yet productive right. city. 53% <laughs> of all draft beer consumed in Oregon is brewed in Oregon. So they like their local beer. Wow. Um so on the the same website that we used whenever we were talking about our last state um they are listed fourth um overall for breweries per capita at 8.5 and that's per 100,000 people okay okay so eight and a half breweries per 100,000 people you said they're number four fourth in the country Matt, like surpassed by Colorado. Actually, no, no. Oh, Colorado Vermont. was um, like fifth or something. Yeah, Colorado's oh. fifth. Vermont was first. Right. That's right. We talked at eleven point five. Then Montana and then Maine. Montana and ba- right. and Maine both have nine point six. Okay, makes sense. Hmm. And then right underneath Colorado is Alaska. Believe it or not. Cool. <laughs> not a lot of people in Alaska. They got a lot of time on their hands. Yeah, it's it's impressive for states like Oregon and Colorado to be on that list because they have a lot of people, which mm-hmm. means there are a lot of breweries, a lot of people. Vermont, Maine, and Alaska, not a lot of people. What, Vermont has eight breweries, I think we said on that last episode, like the Colorado episode. <laughs> so, yeah. And there's a lot of really good breweries that uh, are featured in Oregon that we do not get here in Texas. So uh, we're going to have to try to feature what we can get. And mm-hmm. I think we have a nice little uh, nice little variety of yeah. breweries that represent some uh, some good good things that are coming out of the state as well as a, a wide variety of styles today as well. Yep. So uh, we'll start probably light, light to dark and go from there. Light to dark, mild to weird. I think is what we're doing. Ah, so we got some weird ones. Mild too. to weird. Yes. As weird as Portlandia. <laughs> this is a weird beer. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> well, my glass is empty, guys. Yep. Well, yep. let's get to it. Yep. <laughs> So, first up on our list of delicious beers from Oregon today is um, a beer from Rogue Brewery. And um, they also distill. And I don't know, Rogue is pretty popular. I think, uh, you know, the the crowd in, in Oregon might say this one is a little too... This is like the Anheuser Busch of, uh, you know. Do they say that? I don't know, but no. it, you know. Yeah. Well, they are the third largest brewery in Oregon. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> they produce one hundred five thousand one hundred eight barrels per year. I don't know if that was supposed to be a setup or what. <laughs> and they were formed, created. Birthed, established, founded in 1988. <laughs> <laughs> Birthed, <laughs> like a calf or something. <laughs> yes. Thank so, you to our Boo Styles interns for pulling up that information for yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> thank you very much. They need now, to work now on back their, to your uh, verbiage a little. Jeffrey, <laughs> their diction. What did I you say c- about coming out during the daylight? And, <laughs> We're in the middle of a podcast. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, uh, Rogue is pretty popular. Um, the Dead Guy Ale is one of the early ones I remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Long ago. Actually, yeah. I looked for that one. I didn't see it. Huh. That's sad. I think that we featured that one before. seasonal, isn't it? No. They moved his grave. <laughs> Jeez. Bad pun, I know. Okay, so about this beer. Uh, today, we're starting oh. off <laughs> with the Honey Kolsch. And this is at 5.2% ABV. We got 26 IBUs. Um, it's at two degrees L lava bond, lava bond, 12 <laughs> degrees Play-Doh and 63 AA. So that's a lot of, a- well, I was thinking alcoholics anonymous. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a lot of alcoholics. Three of them made this. Uh, we'd like to thank our sponsors today. Um, alcoholics anonymous. I'd like to thank my sponsor from AA. <laughs> <laughs> for ignoring the fact that you do a beer podcast <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's it's just part of part of the process you yeah. know yeah so anyways uh from the can it says it's situated just across from 40 acres of rogue hops uh we've got 119 colonies of bees that are carefully kept and fed the honey is uncapped extracted filtered and finally infused into a refreshing honey kolsch ale the ingredients are wheat uh dextra pills Assiduated and Rogue Farms Dare and Risk Malts, Rogue Farms Hopyard Honey and Wildflower Honey, along with Alluvial Hops, Free Range Coastal Water, and Kolsch Number no. 2 Yeast. Like, they listed everything. That's pretty cool. Um, they've won plenty of awards. Uh, in 2018, it just says uh, the Platinum World Beverage Competition. That's what this one won. Uh, 2017, huh. got first place, Great International Beer and Cider Competition. Uh, first place in the Great International Beer and Cider Competition again. Um, it's weird. It says first place in, like, you know, letters, and then first place in number the next time. I don't know. And then uh, Best of U.S. Honey Beer. Uh, 
World Beer Awards and Best in Show Honey Beer Competition in 2016. The can also says Rogue Farms. This rogue was brewed using ingredients grown on Rogue Farms in Oregon from ground to glass. I think Eddie so, has an uncle up there that has a farm. The, My uncle in Mexico actually has a bee farm, so I, I get fresh really? honey all the time. Mexico. <laughs> what happened to his A farm? Um, so the, the hops and the and the grain and everything yeah from the source from yep. ground to glass this is why i would say that this is probably like a quintessential oregon brewery um considering they are like i've seen a few different beers i think like their six or seven hop also has the same type of message on it um they are all about sustainability and you know they they have a lot of beers that actually you know speak to that you know speak to that uh, you know dedication to sustainability, which is a very Pacific Northwest ideal. I think we mm-hmm. don't um, you know down here in Texas you, you you don't even have to have like a recycling bin if you don't want to, but up there it's all about you know growing your own stuff and and you know. Well, there's nothing else to do up there, so... Exactly. (laughs) Find a way to pass the time. Yeah. How cool, though, to brew your beer using ingredients that you can see growing from your brewery. I would like to get to that point at some point, you know. Yeah. Now that I have all that land, maybe I'll start experimenting with... Hops. Growing things. The grain... Barley. Yeah, the grain would be a little strange, because you have to go through the the germination and the drying and the kilning and... uh, You can do it. I believe it might you. be more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I could just go to Stubby's and buy a bag for a couple bucks. <laughs> but you wouldn't yeah. be able to put it on your website. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you could oh say God. I purchased my ingredients from Stubby on your website. It's just not as impressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. It's pretty but clear. Yeah, it is clear. It, is. it looks like honey. It's golden. It's clear as balls. Golden, yellow, orange color. Yeah, it is kind of a honey color. Uh, white foamy head looks like a, could be a mead yeah it, yeah like a draft mead yeah because i mean colches are more of like a golden yellow than like this orange honey color you get a lot of a lot of that honey on the nose which is interesting a lot of beers that i have that advertise honey um you know honey at times seems to ferment out some of the time and you know, just uh, you know, a lot of times I don't get the the aroma or the taste on it. This one, I I do. Yeah, it just depends on when you put it in the process. Right. Right. If you put it into uh, bottling or kegging, then it usually comes out a lot stronger. Oh, okay. You think they would have back sweetened this at all? Uh, With more not, honey. Mm, not in a Kolsch. No. So I mean, uh, you know, a Kolsch is a, a hybrid ale lager style. It's usually um, an ale yeast that you ferment at lager temperatures kind of situation. Gotcha. Um, on the homebrew side, I know that um, Y yeast has a Kolsch yeast, Kolsch-specific yeast, um, mm. that you can you can do at different temperatures. But anyway. I'm smelling some parallels between the uh, between this and the hot fusion feisty blonde. Hmm. Just not as intense. Yeah, not think. near the intensity. No. Doesn't have the vanilla, but the the clover, the orange clover hmm. that they uh, that I think they use in, in hot fusion. 
also is kind of coming across in this. I can see that. I would say that the even though the the ingredients are similar, the two beers are polar opposites. I I don't like the um the feisty blonde. It's just there's a lot going on, and I don't think yeah. the honey and the vanilla and the and the everything, every, everything that they put into it, just it doesn't mix well for me. I know some people that really like it, uh, just not one of my. There's actually one that's been sitting in my fridge for months, and I'm not going to drink it. But um, I'll take it. This this <laughs> I think is a lot more balanced. The honey is there, but the Kolsch, like the grainy sweetness of the Kolsch, I think is um, still very prevalent. Yeah. So yeah. it's a nice, crisp, easy to drink beer with a slight very slight honey taste yeah it's not overpowering or like too yeah. sweet no i think it's actually pretty dang good yeah yeah for for honey beers i'm not usually a huge honey fan if i, if I want to drink honey then i'll get a mead <laughs> right <laughs> right um but this i mean this one's very approachable and it's clean and i think it tastes pretty good yeah i'd say maybe a tad bit watery in the flavor but uh, that also leads to higher drinkability. Yeah, I mean, the Kolsch is going to be light-bodied anyway. Yeah. So if the if the honey did ferment out more, that might have contributed to the the thin. But it's not super dry either. Yeah, it's a pretty good balance, like super good balance. I'm not picking up any hop character, but you know, with the Kolsch, you don't normally just a little bitter. Just a little. Yeah. Like, just enough. It's not, yeah. It's actually a pretty good beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a I'm pretty su- good beer. I'm surprised. <laughs> when you said honey kolsch, I was like, oh, God, it's going to be super sweet. No. But it's, it's not. Not. It's good summer beer. Rogue, you did a good job on this one. Yeah. Well, I do like the awards the that they won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. I do like the restrained level of the honey. Yeah. I think they got the right level there, the right balance, as, uh, as we've already mentioned. Yeah. I mean, it's noticeable. So the people who want that sweet, you know, fruit beer-like character without it actually being a fruit, um, this is, it's noticeable, but it's not so much that it's going to offend the people that don't want it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not over the top in any sense. Hmm. But for poundability. Uh, My poundability rating. (laughs) I'd probably... I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd probably stick with around eight, just because of the honey character, and it is kind of sweet. Um, I probably would not pound more than one. <laughs> I'd move over to a plain Kolsch at that point. Yeah, the honey doesn't affect me nearly as much as my poundability. I'm going to give this one a nine. Dude, this is a straight ten for me. Um, I don't see the honey. I like honey, so... I mean, I put that on everything pretty much. Not really, but um, I like, like it. Frank's Red Hot. Yeah, I put like that fr- I, on everything. <laughs> I put that on everything. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's like it's super drinkable, and it it's it's just too easy. It goes down way too easy. It goes down as easy as those like American Light Lagers that we were drinking last week for me. So that's what she said. Yeah. Mm. Man, I have to agree. It's uh, it's probably a nine, even pushing up higher, just because it's 
Uh, well, I thought it was watery, and so that makes it to be a little easier to pound. Yeah. As watery as the uh, beer pong beers? No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but then again, we couldn't tell those apart either, so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if you'd have thrown this one in the mix, do you think it would have been able to uh, identify it? <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't taste the honey. You couldn't taste honey in any of those other beers. Yeah. I went home and tried my homebrew version of the American Light Lager immediately after last week's episode and you could totally tell the difference really if i would have brought that and tossed it in yeah we would have picked it out easily wow because the other ones were so brilliantly clear and there was just so little happening so that there's any kind of flavor at all which my homebrew does have some Mm. would have picked it right out yeah yours has a little corn note to it that's pretty detectable Mm -hmm. but anyway Still mad about that last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did no better. Zero. So for uh BJCP, what would you would you enter this as a Kolsch? And say brewed with honey? <clears throat> I think the honey level is restrained enough that you could. Yeah. Yes. Cause you could enter as a Kolsch and then claim honey. I think that'd be okay. I don't think there's enough honey to claim an alternative fermentable category. I wouldn't say so, no. No. Because it's more of just a, a side, like a, a side, or like an piece al- alternative sugar, side yeah, alternative yeah. fermentable, yeah, <laughs> a side order, side, side piece, the side piece. <laughs> no, yeah, I think I, I do think that entering this as a colch mm-hmm. and claiming the honey would would do pretty well. Um, like it's not like I said, it's not over the top honey. Normally, they would say if you're going to claim it, it needs to be noticeable, and I think it's just enough yeah to be noticeable yeah and if you didn't claim it then it would probably be out of style right with within the culture itself yeah, yeah for sure hmm that's a good so one to start with entered, entered in that I'd probably give it a low to mid 40 it's solid mm-hmm. yeah, be it 38 39 right at the bottom of the uh, excellent yeah range all right, fantastic. Cool. Good Thanks, beer. Rogue. Yeah. What's yeah. next? Well, I'm glad you asked. Well, yeah. uh, this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Deep Ellum IPA. No. It's close, but not really. It does start with a D. Yeah. It is an IPA. Yes. But it's not Deep Ellum IPA. This is actually from Deschutes, which is one of the big boys coming out of Oregon. Actually, it is the largest independent brewery in oregon at 374,300-ish barrels a year wow also birthed in 1988 thanks jeffrey (laughs) 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 they got a few locations their main brewery location is out of bend oregon and they do have a, a brew pub also in portland but uh the one we're featuring next is the fresh squeezed ipa and on the can, it has it listed at 60 IBUs and 6.4% alcohol by volume. Profile on the can says a juicy citrus and grapefruit flavor profile as if fresh citra and mosaic hops were squeezed straight into the can. And that's actually what the image on the can is. It's got a hop cone with two wooden mallets just squeezing it. And you can see the IP, IPA just dripping out of it. Yeah. That's how IP is in the hop vice. You squeeze it and then can it up. Just add the alcohol. 
That's not how beer's made. What is that? How beer's made? Yeah, you just yeah. Throw well, some weed yeah, one time Travis room. forgot to add his alcohol. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I found a little blurb about Deschutes uh, on beervanablog.com. Deschutes celebrates its 30th anniversary this year in 2018, and it's one of the few first-gen breweries that still commands attention in Oregon. Although still loyal to its original lineup of English-inspired pub ales, Deschutes has consistently been willing to experiment. Ben's Big Brewery was an early adopter of wild and regular barrel aging, modern hopping techniques, and has continued to, to add wonderful updated seasonal ales or sessionable ales to its lineup. In the Portland Brew Pub, you'll find 20 taps divided about evenly between regular offerings and those made on site. Deschutes has perhaps the broadest range in the city, including two traditional cask-conditioned taps. It's conveniently located downtown in the Pearl. The Pearl. The Pearl. Well, this beer is clear. Very clear. Mm. I think I might have some floaties. A mild haze. Wipe my glass down a little bit. Uh, Pretty clear. Pretty clear. Yeah, I don't see anything. It's like a orangish, amber, amber deep color. amber color, amber. <clears throat> She's our other intern. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a nice uh, white head that persists. Mm. Mm. Nice layer of bubbles across the top of the beer. Definitely smells kind of citrusy and piney. Yeah, I get. Ooh, I get a, definitely <laughs> smells of tart. <laughs> Thanks, Ron no, Burgundy. No, not not this one. It's not not on this one. Smells of tart. Yeah, big fresh. Smells of fart. <laughs> hoppy aroma. You can you know, for sure know that this is something hoppy and fruity going into it. Just oh, the yeah. smell. Now I did say it has mosaic in there, but I'm not picking up too much of like a sweaty, no. dank character no. that you sometimes get out of mosaic. No. no. So the citra Maybe they used it for bittering or something. Could be citra. I think is playing more of a role here. Mm-hmm. And it's a grapefruit as well. See, I'm not picking up the grapefruit on the nose. Mm. Yeah, grapefruit's a big player with uh, Cascade hops, which they didn't say Cascade on this. I wouldn't be surprised if they used some anyway. Hmm. I don't know. This is one of those like quintessential IPAs. Yeah. Mm. When you think American IPA, it's like this. This is an IPA. It's a pretty good standard. Solid bittering. Um, really good just hop character. Um, nothing nothing much to speak of on the on on any like malt flavor. No, and it's not it's not overly fruity or Yeah. It's kind of even like, though they listed some fruits. It's kind of straight down the middle. And this is a fresh example. The can says Best Buy uh, next month, September nineteenth, twenty eighteen. Okay. So it's it's still within the the time. Definitely get some bitterness on the finish, like well after the finish. Get yeah. some lingering bitterness. Yeah, over the that, palate. That is like grapefruit to me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's where I get that from. I can see that. Kind of left with the same feeling after eating a grapefruit. Yeah. Six. 
Out of the seven times I've checked into this, six of them have been at Red Robin. I noticed that <laughs> Yum. when I bought this. I was like, have we had this in the podcast? Oh, Chris had it. Red Robin. <laughs> Red, Red, Robin, Robin. Red, Red Robin. Is this all the same Red day? Robin. Oh, my. <laughs> no, May 13th, April 15th, April 1st, March 24th, July 26th. You like Red Robin, huh? Well, it's right down the street. Yeah. It is good. And it's kind of like <laughs> the only IPA they have on draft. Really? Fresh squeezed. I mean, it's good. My very first check-in, January 31st, 2015, I said kind of dank. Kind of dank. Yeah. But I'm not picking that up It's not now. as dank as some of the, that the, was the danker three and a half examples years ago. out there. No, of course, that was three and a half years ago before dank. It's like, how uh, dank yeah. can we make this? It was really a thing. Dankity dank. So maybe it was dank, but now in comparison, it is not. Right. It is not <laughs> dank anymore. I like that you have one beer that you get at every restaurant. Like, yeah. Obviously, this is for Red Robin, but Torchy's was the weekend warrior. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so it's because I know what I like, you know, and I, it, it's, I'm one of those people that when I go to a restaurant, order the exact same thing I always get. Uh, every single restaurant I go to, I get the same thing. So, different, different things, but for that restaurant, it's always the same. Right. So, like at BJ's, would you get the same thing? or? Yeah, I always get the BJ's favorite. Okay. Which of their beers do you like the best? BJ's favorite. Well, of course. <laughs> no, it's usually either, either the Piranha or the Hop Storm. Okay, I know yeah. when I go to uh, BJ's, I like to get the Nutty, Nutty Brunette. brunette. <laughs> That's <a fitting> <laughs> yeah. That's a good drop. Yeah, this is a pretty good all-around IPA. Yeah. I think it would still stand up pretty well in the uh, BJCP guidelines for today's standards of an IPA. Because, I mean, obviously the the ideal picture of an IPA has been changing every year. Um, this one's definitely intense enough in both Roman flavor to, to hold a good profile. And uh, it's got good character. Now that the bitterness is super dry and it sits, that's the only thing I don't like about this beer. Okay. Is the flavor doesn't sit. The bitterness does. But that's like so. Grapefruit. It's like real clawing. No, it's not a. It's not a grapefruit bitterness like that. For me, that's like citrus and tart. But this is like oh, hop God. bitterness. Like whenever we ate the hop pellet, and it was just super bitter and like plant like. That's the lingering flavor I Actually. get out of this. <laughs> oh yeah, that one. I uh, I tend to agree with that. Yeah, it's. I just taste hops. Hop that pellet. That, yeah. <laughs> that bitterness lingers quite a bit. Uh, you never ate a hot pellet, did you, Powers? No, I didn't. I Jeremy, haven't either. Uh, I haven't either. We're going to have to catch them up at some point. There's the, nope. Should, there's the feet cheese hops over there. <laughs> <laughs> Not down. We didn't throw those away yet? I uh, don't think so. Ugh. I think I think they should be retired when we move the studio. <laughs> Have no, they will get moved with us. <laughs> oh. Have your car smelling like feet cheese. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your poundability? Hmm. This one's a little bit, um, certainly lower than the honey coals. Let's find out. Sure. Uh-oh. Wow. Oh. Chris. I would say six. Hmm. 
I'm at a I'm at a six. Yeah, I can give it a six. I'd say six as well. <laughs> wow. Uh-oh. That lingering bitterness. Yeah, but you don't get it when you're pounding it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because it was, it tasted fine the whole time that I finished my half glass or whatever that I had. But then once you're once you're done with it, you go into bitter beer face mode. Bitter bomb. Yeah, it's just like clawing on my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably go the six just because when you're drinking it, you do get the aroma and the flavor of the hops and the fruit, so that you know it's not quite as poundable as other examples. I go with the six. Wow. Cool. We're unanimous here. Six, 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 six. Yeah, you guys, it's better than six, six, six. BJCP, this one's going to be pretty good, too. It's the devil and his minion. Yeah. You guys said, you know, this would probably stand up pretty well, huh? Yeah, so I BJCP so. would probably be high 30s. Yeah. I would also remark on the lingering bitterness. Yeah, it's kind of the finish is astringent, I would say. Yes. That's a good word for that. Yeah, but as far as the hop aroma, hop flavor, that's all... It's pretty solid. Real spot on. I wouldn't be surprised if this is a commercial example listed. It's not, I looked. Oh, okay. Well, then I am surprised. (laughs) No, the things that were listed would be the things you'd expect to be listed, like uh, Lagunitas IPA, Firestone Walker Union Jack, Stone IPA, Bell's Two Hearted Ale, you know, all the, the... Serious heavy hitters. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of the others I haven't had. Alpine Duet. Oh, I've I've started to see that pop up at some of the tap rooms around. Hmm. That's Colorado? a commercial example. No, I think that's California, like North Northern California or something. Okay. Fat Heads Head Hunter IPA. Never heard of that. Nope. Russian River Blind Pig. It's California. So we yeah. don't get them. No. So yeah, not listed, but. Could be competitive, I'd say. Without the, if they could get the, the finish astringency dialed back a bit, they would yeah. really elevate it. I think it's just kind of off-putting once you're done drinking it. Yeah. I mean, it's a good marketing thing because you have to keep drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> See, what they should do is sell each six-pack with a small little baggie of hops, like the Holcone hops, and then. As you pour it into your glass, then you take out one of the hops and you squeeze all the all the IPA juice from oh, the, the hop IPA into your glass. Juice. I mean, like it shows on the freshly, can. Freshly, so fresh assuming, squeezed. Kind of like a lime. I'm assuming that's what it <laughs> actually happens when you squeeze the hop. Oh, you yeah. get all the IPA juice in there. Then it would be like super fresh gross, squeezed. Gross sound effect. <laughs> it was all squeezing right. the hop. Thanks to shoots. Yeah. Let's move on to something a little bigger. And by that, I mean gigantic. This is the gigantic IPA. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, brewed and bottled by Gigantic Brewing Company in Portland, Oregon. Uh, they say they're gigantic, but when I looked at the top 25 breweries in Oregon, uh, gigantic was not on that list. Nope. Only big in your mind, yeah. man. Uh, it says, true to its name, Cascade, Citra, Crystal, and Simcoe create a citrusy hop confluence that continuously embiggens with each drink the embodiment of our brewing philosophy to never give an inch 6.9% ABV it also says free your mind and your ass will follow is that our $10 word for the day yes Uh, you can pickle that beer number one 
You could pickle that. What? Beer number one. Yeah, it says beer number one on the label. What? It's from Portlandia. I'm I'm just throwing in Portlandia quotes during this episode because it's Oregon, so I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. That's all right. Listeners out there were laughing just now. They were. It says, collect them all. <laughs> it does. Like, like Pokemon? Gotta, gotta, it says gotta, beer number one. Gotta collect them collect all. all. Gigantic. <laughs> okay. Uh... So maybe this is the first beer that they brewed ever. Like, yes, this bottle. Did you get it at Total Wine? It could be. <laughs> <laughs> it did get it at Total Wine. Um, but no, maybe it is. This is their first recipe, the first beer that they produced. That's cool. I got a, another little blurb on the same website, beervanablog.com. On gigantic says Ben ha- uh, Van Havig and Ben Love. Had nearly 30 years of combined experience as brewers when they founded Gigantic in 2012. The original notion was to have only one regular beer, an IPA, and brew everything else one time only. Their commitment to rotation has weakened as complaining fans saw their favorite beers vanish forever. Mm. Gigantic now does a regular Kolsch and double IPA, and seasonals find their way back into rotation too. That said, no brewery favors variety more than Gigantic, and if you visit the tap room. Known formally and charmingly as... It's called the Champagne of Beer! <laughs> okay. Actually, it says the Champagne Lounge. You'll also find beers that never make it into a bottle. That's cool. Interesting. I feel the same way about local breweries, though. Some like that I really loved. It was just kind of a one-time deal, one batch. They didn't use the same recipe. Maybe they didn't even write it down. They just... That's what I do. Yeah. Yeah, new recipes all the time, and then just yeah, move I, mean, on to something I, new. I rebrew stuff constantly. Fratto has started to rebrew things. I mean, he has his ones that he does for special occasions, like he does uh, Bald Eagle Brown every year for Fourth um, of July. Mm-hmm. He does the uh, Gobble Gravy, gobble for, gravy Thanksgiving. for Thanksgiving. But I mean, other than that, he does new stuff. But I, you know, I, I like to rebrew things, um, so that's kind of been my thing. But Travis is all about trying the new stuff. Hey, Jack, I don't think you've ever yeah. brewed. Maybe once or twice you've done a rebrew. Yeah, not very I've often. Done back to school scotch a couple of times. I actually have planned to do uh, Chinook on Phonics next. <laughs> wow. The all grain version this time, oh, okay. not the extract. Huh. We'll see all what right. happens. Yeah. Cool. This one, however, mm-hmm. uh, came in a bottle, had a lot of sediment in the bottom, so we tried to pour it pretty carefully. This is a new rating for I'm, all of us. I'm looking. The top portions are pretty clear, slightly hazy. Power's got the, the rear end. It's a nice dehydrated pea color. <laughs> if that's your pea color, you need to go see a doctor. <laughs> you got some kidney that, problems. That means kidney failure, I think. Oh. It's yellow. It is very yellow. It's a dark yellow. Almost pushing orange, but I wouldn't say it's I wouldn't say it's that orange. Yeah. White foamy. A light orange, maybe. And he said the ABV on this one was higher than the other ones? Yes. This one came in a five hundred milliliter bottle, and I always worry about IPAs that come in larger format bottles because generally those don't move as quickly. 
and I was looking okay. for a date on the bottle, and it seems to have not been printed properly because you, it's it's up near the kind of in that top area, but you can't read it. It, mm. it wasn't printed properly, so I was looking to make sure that we were at least getting a fresh example, but I could not tell. So yeah, I definitely smell those Simcoe hops. Do you know mm. what flavor profile and aroma profile Simcoe? Can't pass. <sighs> I think the, the flavor profile. I, I think <laughs> Probon, on. The profile. what? Yeah, the aroma on this one's pretty sharp. <laughs> I don't lots know. I'd of, say cat piss. Lots so. of hops. I mean, there's no ammonia in the aroma, <laughs> which is all I get from cat pee. Yeah, I'm not getting cat pee. I'm getting hops for sure. Yeah, maybe some lemon, like citrus, lemongrass. Citrus cutting hops. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily taste old no, either. Yeah, I wasn't saying it smells like cat pee, but it does. It does have that Simcoe characteristic in there. I like. I like that. It is beer number one, and they opened in 2012. So, could very, <laughs> could very well be. Could be a six-year-old no, beer. I actually, I kind of like this one. It it is you know it it is hoppy and bitter. Yes. Um, <laughs> It has some malty notes in the background for sure to kind of help balance things out a little bit, but it's not overly sweet. It does not have that uh, hop astringency on the finish no, not, that the Deschutes not at did. All. Which I'm still feeling. Like I'm still feeling that Deschutes like astringency in my palate. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, like the way this hits is like it's a nice like pow, you got some bitterness and then it goes away. This kind of reminds me not not the Simcoe, but just like the clean, the cleanliness of it, and the bitterness level of like the Lagunitas. Huh. If you were to have Simcoe in in the Lagunitas, it would be similar to this one. Yeah, I could see that. They, uh, I mean, they made it clear that they wanted to do one recipe and do it very well, and I so this is succeeded. one they chose. So they've probably been you know perfecting yeah. things over the last uh, six years. And uh, it's it's got a lot of good things going for it. I'm not I'm not a huge Simcoe fan, but this one is not off putting. No, not at all. I think it's pretty well balanced, actually. A mm-hmm. little bit of like tropical fruit notes. You can pickle flavor. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could pickle that if you wanted to. Mm. No, it's pretty good. I like it. Thanks, gigantic. It smells like pickles and curry. <laughs> is, is that a Portlandia quote? It's not, but nah, it should be. Oh, I tried. Pickles and curry. What, what beer was that? I forget. Um, um, uh, I don't know if I could even tell you what um, that was. Jeez. Um, uh, I have oh, no man. idea what this is. I just smelled it and it went up my nose. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like um, pickles and curry. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I have no I, idea where this conversation is Neither going. do I. Um, so, so, poundability on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thanks so, for what's that. your poundability rating on this one, huh? <laughs> oh, okay. Cacao. <laughs> Cacao. Uh, <laughs> It'd be higher than the uh, fresh squeezed, I think. Yeah. So, I'm going to say, because I said eight on the Kolsch, and I said six on the fresh squeezed. So, I'm going to go seven on this one. Seven. <laughs> yeah, we all give it a six for the last one, and this one's better, but it's still an IPA and it's still hoppy. 
still has lots of character. So I couldn't go much higher. Got to be seven. Yeah. I think we're all kind of boxed in on this one, I think. Yeah, like I was going to say seven already seven. before. Well, y'all said nine on the coal, so you yeah, could go up. Yeah, but it's not, I, I said it's not an eight <laughs> beer. Like, it's not eight. <laughs> it's, yeah. still, it's still hoppy and bitter. Not as bitter on the finish, but yeah. I don't know why I just got a craving for sushi. <laughs> sushi. That was kind of random. I know, right? Uh, anyway. But now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> What's a good sushi place in Arlington? Uh, there's a few. But this is not sh- sushi styles. I almost said sushi styles. <laughs> sushi. Welcome uh, to sushi styles. <laughs> uh, BGCP on uh-huh. Gigantic. I might actually rent this one higher than the first squeeze. Yeah. Like a somebody. It'd be... Oh, God. We have another one. Oh, my God. I said high 30s on Fresh Squeeze. I'd say, like, 39 on this one. Like, it's still high 30s. (laughs) Still high 30s, but higher than... Like, I I would probably say 36, 37 on uh, the shoots, and then 39 on this one. Man, I'm right there with you. I don't have many things that I would write negative about this or even to improve it. I maybe could use just a little bit more hot presence overall, but it's it's got good flavor. Yeah, and that might be because it's it, it could be old. I have no idea. Yeah, it could be. Um, maybe it was a little brighter before. But that's the only thing that I would write, so it has yeah. to be yeah. 39 or maybe 40 even. It's good. Neato. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to get into some uh, weirder stuff now, right? I'm going to get a little... This is the Legal Drift IPA. No. <laughs> that was you, Travis. <laughs> no. I'm going to get a little freaky. No, no, no. Cacao. I said cacao, Lance. All right. Well, the next thing we've got is from Portland. Please don't talk like that. Okay. <laughs> it's from Cascade Brewing, <laughs> which is also not on their top 25 list of biggest breweries in Oregon. But uh, this is their Apricot Northwest Sour Ale. So this is ale aged in oak barrels with apricots. This will be their 2015 edition. And we've got it ringing in at 7.2% alcohol by volume. Yeah! Oh yeah. A little bit of a heavy hitter. Uh, The label says that this is the House of Sour. The, this Northwest Sour Ale is a blend of sour blonde ales aged in oak wine barrels for up to 14 months with fresh apricots. So they age this thing for over a year. Um, bottle conditioned sour ale is ready to drink now. Serve at 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So yes. Uh, yeah, the label definitely look like butts. Yes, the apricots look like butts. <clears throat> you, you gotta put a watch bird out on or you might touch your butt. Yep. The <laughs> stems butt. the stems don't help butt beer with with the with the imagery either. <laughs> no. <laughs> um so looking at total wine at the <laughs> cast. Jeremy's like, I wanna see. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so looking at the Cascade shelf at Total Wine. I'm gonna go ahead and say that sour beer is what Cascade does. Yeah, kind of like the, a, 
they have this one there's a cherry uh they have a lot there's yeah i'm just the the two that i've seen the most often i guess would be the the apricot and the cherry maybe a peach I think I've seen. I saw a raspberry one when I was okay. there yesterday, and then ooh, that one, they, I bet that one's really good. They had a couple of wine ones too. Um, From beervanablog.com, Cascade Brewing does make regular beers, but is famous for brewer Ron Gansberg's barrel-aged sour program. They're unusual mm. in that Gansberg only uses lactobacillus and not wild yeast, resulting in extremely sharp sours. Most of his creations yes. use fruit, and most are aged months or years before being blended. Chris now wishes he could live in the Cascade Brewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe a little. <laughs> cool. Let's open it up. Oh! <laughs> it was caged and corked. So, yes. And as Travis, as I handed my glass or held my glass over to Travis for him to pour it for me. As soon as I brought my glass over, I could already smell it. Oh, my goodness. Yep. It, it made my nose pucker. It so it smells of tart. Yes. <laughs> Are you looking for that one, Travis? Ooh, definitely smells of tart. <laughs> Ooh. Well, the first taste is, of course, with your eyes. It's hazy. It's orange. It's orange and hazy. Kind of looks like, looks like a New England IPA. You could probably serve this to someone as a New England IPA intel, Ooh. and then they would and uh, then surprise them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Murky. What the heck is this? Murky parents. Orange I don't need yellow. none of your pansy, pansy sour beer. Shell art is over. Unusual <laughs> hue. That was really loud. Sorry. Mm. Got a persistent head, especially for some, something from 2015 that was corked. It's. Seems to have held up on the carbonation front. <clears throat> oh my god! Yes. So it does smell of tart. Yes. Do you get the apricot in the aroma? Oh. <laughs> um. I get all the other tart sour notes <clears throat> first it is, and foremost. It is very very tart. Off. I can. I think it's amazing. I can pick it out. It's amazing. That's on my thing. Apricot is not. <laughs> front on the aroma but i can pick it out just yeah. just <clears throat> yeah it's definitely there hmm. if you get past the uh the lactobacillus and the sharpness very sharp i would agree with that yeah oh so good this is like a bag of warheads mm-hmm. in your mouth Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it's one it's one of those oh, sours man. oh it's one of those sours oh, that makes your, your mouth pucker and your eyes kind of twitch oh, <laughs> for a second. <laughs> and they go different directions and your arm starts convulsing. Woo-hoo! Oh. Who here's seen the league? Wow. Yes. Vinegar strokes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Vinegar strokes. Cacao. <laughs> Did you at least get a whiff of it, Sawyer? Yeah. Oh, He's not even here and he can smell it. <laughs> Chris, I like the Irish jig you just did. Wow. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my gosh. I can drink this whole bottle myself. Mm. This thing not only smells of tart, it tastes of tart. And your kids are going to taste it, how tart it is. <laughs> it's so tart, your mama can taste it. Yeah, that you don't even have yet. But your mom's so tart. Wow. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, this sucker so is sour. It's a pucker sucker. Whew. 
We're gonna have to take some time with this one. You can pickle oh, that. No, I could. I could drink the whole thing. Well, yeah. This does. does anybody like not pickles. want theirs? Oh no, I love this. <laughs> this is great. I know Travis isn't a sour fan. This is a sipping beer. Oh no, this is a poundability of ten. Whoa. <laughs> we haven't even got there yet. All right, so let's uh, <laughs> let's try to dissect this because apricot uh, is. This is barrel Not aged, right? Thinking. Uh, yeah, we should maybe get some oak said barrel. Wine, oak, I, yeah. oak wine barrel. Yeah. I just got a whiff of some kind of flavor that was oak-ish. I mean, plain oak usually parts vanilla. We know that, but I, I don't. It, it didn't say what, what kind of wine, did it? It just said wine, oak wine barrel. Probably it's got to be a white wine. Yeah, something. Yeah, because I think a, a, a red would clash. Oh yeah, no. no. Yeah. They could probably do that with like their cherry. If they have a cherry sour, might do. I find it interesting that they use a blend of uh, blonde ales. Like you know, they're not even trying to pretend like there's a base beer in here. Basically, well, I mean that is the base, because then you add your fruit to it. Anytime you do fruit, a lighter beer is going to be better. So that's probably why they picked the blonde. Yeah. So the blonde, they added their apricot, and then they put it in the barrels with the lacto. Yeah. Wow. It gives you the fruit character, which I'm, I'm getting apricot in the uh, flavor for sure. Yeah. It wasn't extremely prevalent in the aroma, but it was you could tell it was there. As it, as it warms up, it unlocks different flavors. And as I get used to it, it unlocks different flavors. Yeah. I'm, I'm smelling the apricot a little bit more now than I did a couple minutes ago. You got to get past that first initial just punch in the throat. <laughs> bowling ball to the face. <laughs> And then it starts to it starts to change. You get more than just a one dimensional ouch. You know, I think mm. now that I'm thinking about it, I think apricot is a perfect fruit for sour beers. Yeah. Because I mean everybody does like a, a tart cherry or the raspberry. Uh but I think apricot does very well with the sour because it has kind of that tart fruit character anyway. Yeah, I like that. It blends very well. And it's less sweet than a peach. Yeah. So you don't get sweet flavors clashing with sour. Yeah. That's Which is yeah. also why I think raspberry does very well with sour beers. Because mm-hmm. it's already tart Naturally to begin tart. with. Because hmm. the, the Lindemann's Framboise is like, that was like the OG sour beer for a craft. <laughs> you know, as far as we're concerned, like 10 years ago. If you wanted something tart, the Lindemann Frambois was the best option. Mm-hmm. Oh, this, this is fantastic. Just, it makes one eye spasm <laughs> on its own. Man, this is one of the more sour beers I think I've ever had. It's not as tart as uh, Jacobin's. <laughs> I don't know. It might be. It, it's a different level because Jacobin's, yeah. I think, has a mixture of lacto and... Pedio and I don't know yeah. some other things. I don't think it has any bread in it though. No, I don't think this this does either. No, because he made it a point to say this was just lacto. Right. Only. Yeah, I was talking about the Jakobins, but it's very much lacto. Hmm. But see, I, that one doesn't have any fruit added to it. It's an old brune. Mm-hmm. So the the tartness you get is straight up from the beer in the east. This one, I think the apricot adds an extra dimension to it that gives it a little more punch than you would normally get. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. We should sure. like all take a sip and see who can hold it on their tongue the longest. Yeah. 
<laughs> Sawyer agrees. <laughs> oh, it's gonna burn. Are we gonna try it? We're gonna try. I'm gonna it. murder all of you. Go. Mm. Oh no, no, yeah. Mm, I'm out. Oh no. Oh, while they're doing that, I can just play drops. This is fun. That's not nearly as bad ah! as I thought. No, because I swallowed, oh. because that's not as bad as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. It actually got easier. Yeah. The longer it sits there, the easier it is. I think it I think it might have uh, taken a layer of taste buds with it. But <laughs> <laughs> I've got that weird. I, mean, I think that's why. That very first like it sits on the tongue for like five seconds or so and it's like real punchy. Yeah. And then after that it just really mellows out. Yeah. Huh. I I, I think I could have sat there and just Kept it there forever. <laughs> I don't know. I I think yeah. it exits my like tongue area and goes into my <laughs> esophagus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. I I can't disagree with that. Oh, it's fantastic. Is that a newer one? Ooh, no, that's, no, it's super old. That's oh. one that I lost and found recently. Lost and found. Okay, well, here's the question. So my bingability of this ten. Oh, gosh. Mm. I can't do a 10 on this. No way. Cacao. I, okay. I wouldn't. I would never because I, I would love to just sit and enjoy <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. It is a sipping beer. So I will I will revisit based on that and say four. Because we don't do poundability based on how much we like it. We do poundability based on if you could pound it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a two. <laughs> I I agree. I'm gonna give it a two. Hmm. And powers real real powers. Real well, current powers. That was real powers, but <clears throat> it's true. not current powers. And current powers agrees with past powers. It is a two. <laughs> yeah, this is super sour, but it is very tasty. But. I could not bang, <laughs> pound, drink this too fast. But crush. <laughs> but crush. But crush. Yeah, if someone was like, hey, we got to go pound this, I'd be like, well, we're going to be here for a little while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's an interesting name for a beer, but crush. But crush. But crush. <laughs> it's got like a picture of a cigarette getting. Well, I mean, oh, given the label here. That would be like super ashy. I mean, yeah. Or like super that. ashy. <laughs> Well, I mean, this is a this is a uh, candidate for butt crushing. Yeah, yeah apricots put apricots in, in it. A couple of they butts. look like butts. <laughs> Would it be a butt we beer? Check the explicit box. Oh man, this is fantastic! But I'm gonna go buy beer. some more Cascade stuff. <clears throat> oh, we. I, I would say, looking at the label in the bottle, you see it, and you're like, oh, it, that can't be that good. They've, it uh, looks like you know clip art and I know word art. On yeah. the label. <laughs> Looks like it came out of an ink ink gent printer. Well, so you look at it, it's like, oh, that can't be very good, but it's fantastic. Anything that they've done since like twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen uh has a actually a classier label. I think that they kind of realized where you're coming from with that. Because their newer stuff does have a slightly more like it's white label with like kind of minimalist design and stuff. It's like it's why classier. is nobody why is nobody buying our beer? Well, because your label sucks. Yeah, it looks like and butts. It has a lot to do with it. Especially yeah. if you if you don't go in there to the store looking for something specific, you just want to glance around. Labels yeah. matter. Yeah. <laughs> it does. A lot more than you would think. 
for sure. But we the beer mapping inside. out exactly how the ass. Frano! What? <laughs> we did not check the explicit box. Thanks. You can't oh, say that. Geez. As far as BJCP, this would have to be entered in. Um, a little wild ferment. Well, it's not really wild, but I mean, it's still sour. Most sours go into the wild fermentation. You could do a fruit beer under uh, wild sour ales. Is there a sour category with fruit? I don't remember. Uh, American Wild, Brett Beer, Mixed Fermentation, Wild Specialty. See, but it's not mixed fermentation because you only have one strain. It's not Brett Beer. Wild Specialty, maybe, with fruit? Mm. Or the European Sours. Berliner, Flanders, Oddbrun, Lambic. I mean, I guess you could say it's a Lambic. Maybe a fruit Lambic? I don't know. Yeah, you can probably enter as a fruit lambic. I'd buy that. Yeah, because the as far as the base, well, because they, fruit style. lambics are blended. Yeah, and they did say that it's blended. Yes. Specified fruit should be evident, low to moderately sour flavor, often with an acidic bite in the finish. Yeah. <laughs> Although I wouldn't say low to moderate sourness. Yeah, I am missing all the the classic barnyard characteristics that you get yeah. from lambics, though, because it's very much sour and fruit. Yeah, so I'd probably say it would be the uh, maybe not a lambic base then, the wild sour, mm. wild specialty. specialty with apricot and uh, lacto. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'd I'd give it a forty-five. <laughs> oh. Ah, still, it's I wish I could brew something like this. Mm, you can. Cascade actually mm. has a commercial example under the wild specialty beer category. They have the uh, bourbonic plague. Was <laughs> 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 oh, that a poop joke? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no, I like this one. I'd, I'd probably say this is my favorite beer of the day. And you said this was the 2015 edition of this beer? Yes, this is the 2015 edition of this beer. Dang. Yes. So it's it's taken a long time to... It's been aged. To bring it to our table. It's fantastic. Phenomenal. Yeah, this is good. It's amazing. Very tasty. Wait, Travis, did you say this is good? I did. <laughs> <laughs> but no. you're not a sour beer. You hate sour beers. I, I would say hate. hate. You well, dislike he, he doesn't sour like, beers. You especially don't like bread. And I know that. Correct. Yes. Um, I think lacto, you've been a little bit coming around to lately, as far as I can tell. I've been on the lacto train for a long time. It's a yeah. weird train. Yeah. It's a fun train, though. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like lemonade, sour things it's like that. Similar, I like pickles. Yeah. Warheads and... Yeah. You can pickle um, that. Sour straws, sour gummy worms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't like bread. You can I, pickle that. Well, Brett's a different beast. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, you know, I warheads have always been one of my favorite candies ever since I can remember. You know, growing up, it's like so putting I, the whole bag of warheads in your mouth. Yes, mm-hmm. warheads. All right, one more, right? Yep. What do we got? So our next beer of choice is the Marion Berry <laughs> Sour. Beer from Rogue 
Again, we're uh, we began this podcast. <laughs> again, and we began. Again, we began. A long time ago, we long, began this podcast. Oh my God, we're still doing a podcast <laughs> with the rogue, and we're gonna end with the rogue. And um, so, rogue two. Ooh, there's a Marion Barry bracket. Ooh, bracket, 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 bracket. I thought you said bracket like yeah. no. How's, bra- your, how's your bracket final, doing? Like bra. How's your bracket? Yeah, like no. Bracket is a, a mix between a mead and a beer. Oh, that's pretty cool. Hmm, mead. Who knew? So, <laughs> um, just for your there's edification, a, there's a maid Marion cider also. Cool. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, so the Marion cultivar or Marion blackberry. Marketed as Marionberry is a blackberry developed by the USDA ARS breeding program in cooperation with Oregon State University. And it's a cross between the Kahalem <laughs> and Olaley blackberries. Ukulele? Basically. What? So, yeah, um, it's a crossbreed of different styles of blackberry hmm. um, originating in Oregon. And. Uh, you said there's a Marion County. Yeah, exactly, and uh, uh, in Marion County, Oregon. Well, I know. I mean, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, this is from. It's in that part of the podcast where we've had a few beers, and you know, uh, no. it's hard to speak. <laughs> Some just a little bit. I'm not, you know, no, <laughs> but. Yeah, so on the on the label, we've got 15 degrees Play-Doh, 5 IBUs, 77 alpha acids, and 6.5% ABV, which I'd 28 say... 28 IBV? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> and it says, it's dedicated to farmers and fermenters. Not only is Oregon the birthplace of the Marionberry, which we just talked about, mm-hmm. but our farm is located just miles from the original Marionberry... Marionberry Fields. You really can't find a better place to grow these big, juicy berries. We <laughs> brewed this sour ale to highlight the tart side of the Marionberry while ensuring a pleasant balance through the fruit's natural sweetness. Balance. Balance. Um, this is only available from July to October. Oh. Yeah, it's a pretty small window. So we're right in the middle of that. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool. Um, and the ingredients we got are the Rogue Farms Dare, which is trademarked, um, Munich, C15, and acidulated malts, Rogue Farms Liberty Rebel hops, Rogue Farms Marion Berries plums, and Kolsch 2 yeast, and the free-range coastal water. I really like how Rogue just lays out all their ingredients. They're not trying to, like, pull a fast one on well, you. It, and It's marketable because of the uh, what we were talking about earlier with the fact that pretty much everything they, they have is grown at their location. So they right. want you to know that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's cool. That's awesome. So we can expect some tartness from the fruit, as well as a little bit of lactosourness from the acidulated malt that they added also. Right. Mm. But hopefully, or I guess non-hopefully, is sour as the last one, depending on who you ask. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. That one was really sour, and I didn't realize it was going to be that sour. And I feel like <laughs> this one, I don't think will compare in sourness. Well, I'll just tell you right now, I've already tasted it. It's kind of a letdown compared to the last one. Well, that makes me sad. However, it's the still f- good. The, the profile. Oh. <laughs> The pro- profile is really profile? good. Profile? Profile, mm. yes. So let's just, like, you know, let's talk to it. Yes, it's... It's uh, it's purple. It's, uh, uh, you hold up to the light, it's like a really deep red. Very deep red. You hold it away from the light. It's purple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's It a is nice very clear, though. Yeah. White. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not balls clear, but it's quite clear. Yeah. Mm. Semi-hazy, maybe. Yeah. White foamy head with a touch of pink character to it. Now, I don't know what a Marionberry is, but I, I think... We it, just talked about it. Well, I know, but I'm saying like it parallels a Blackberry. Yes. It's, yeah. not, it's not the same, but it parallels it. Dingleberries. I, I've never had a Marionberry, so I can't say, but I do get a lot of the Blackberry notes that I would expect to get from a Blackberry beer. I want to know what made Oregon State and the... what. USDA decide together that we needed another berry. Like I, I want to know what the process for that is. Like, hey, we think we can get one more berry out of this. Stuff. Well, I mean, <laughs> because you've got raspberries and blackberries yeah. and black currants, which are basically a blackberry. Mm-hmm. I think they're in the same like family. So, a small variant of that, I assume, would be the Marionberry. I've what about eaten one, so I can't tell you. Boysenberry. Mm, that's God. different. Paperclip. Uh, <laughs> you can try my cranberry whenever you want. It's a really, really, really old video from way far back in like it's 2000. About, it's about to five. Boom. It sounded like Bob's Burgers. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't Bob's Burgers, but oh. <laughs> anyway, um, copious amounts of passion fruit. Get that. <laughs> Got this. Oh, those are some big old cherries. I mean, where does all fruited up on this? Podcast? Big old Marion berries. Um, it does have a unique smell. Yeah, like I don't. I wouldn't say it's grape. I wouldn't say it's blueberry. It does have a very specific. It's, it is very berry it's, smell. It's blackberry. Well, it's kind of whiny. It smells kind of like wine. It smells kind of like it smells like almost like bleach, wine. almost chemical in a way. It's kind of like a jam. Bleach? Now. There's I don't know. a jam spread. Uh, there's some I'm like there. there's some some chemical thing that I'm pulling. It does from it. it does smell like my blackberry wine, which was not correct. Okay. Um, however, uh, growing up, we had blackberry bushes and we had homemade blackberry jam and blackberry cobbler and bla- we had blackberry everything. Like I love blackberries. I grew mm. up eating a lot of blackberries, and I do get that character in this for right. sure. This is like. The the uh, the fruit part of the blackberry cobbler, to me, right. So it's very much blackberry. Yeah, this is what I was hoping to get out of my wine. Mm-hmm. That was not quite right. Hmm. I can see that. So I'm you know hoping to try that again. Of course, I that was my first wine and I didn't do it right. But well, I learned, now you know I learned from it, and the next one I do will be better. Hopefully, yeah. So hopefully. Um, because I tried to back sweeten it and it carbonated in the bottle instead. Oh, oh, mm. ah, yeah. Did they explode? Uh, one of them did. Yes. <laughs> that's when he. And knew. then that's when I put them all in the fridge. At that point, I felt like it was going to be explosive. <laughs> <laughs> Got to sleep yeast. Now I will say there are some sweet blackberries and there are some tart blackberries. Okay. 
depending on how ripe they are and and all that. I would say this is the sweeter side of the blackberry, not the tart side. Yes. It's still a little tart though. It's not it's not super tart. I mean, I get I mean just barely. Uh, I get a little bit like just barely a wild note from it, but it's not. I mean, yeah. I think our palates mm. are screwed compared yes. to the last sour beer that we had. So, had we I, had this before that one, I think we might say things a little different. Maybe a little different, but not... That's what I'm saying. After that last one, is kind of a letdown. We did a disservice to ourselves doing the other one first. Well, we didn't know. Yeah, there was like no idea that this was that apricot was going to be just a freaking sour bomb, but... It was great. And then we held it on our tongues for like 15 seconds. Yeah, we, just, sure. we decided, we decided sure. to kill our palates today <laughs> yeah. before we had this. Oh, cacao. Yeah, the, the fruit character in this is very much, you know, like a cobbler, like you said. It's like a, a sweet jam or preserve spread mm-hmm. I like it. that you could, you know, just draw across a, a piece of toast and it would go very well with it. Light bit of tartness. I wouldn't say sour, but it, it does carry a tartness. This, this would be a good pairing with like vanilla ice cream Ooh. and uh-huh. some kind of like fruit cup. Like a float, actually. Yeah. Yeah, you could do it with a float or, you know, if you're sitting there eating blackberry cobbler mm-hmm. and vanilla ice cream, then you have this to go along with it. And I think it'd be very good. Yes. It is, it is sweet. It's got a, a slight tartness to it. The fruit character is very strong. I'm not picking up anything else. Did, did they say what the base beer was? Um, I, I would guess it's something pretty light. Well, I mean, the more I sit on it and like I... You're sitting on the bottle? I am. That's, I'm warming it up. He likes things that way. And you sit. He, like, he likes to be feeling a little something extra down there. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. <laughs> It was actually all me. That was original powers. Uh, original powers. <laughs> original. Original. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm starting to taste the malt character just a little bit, um, which is which is cool because now now that my palate's a little bit, uh, it's I mean it's had some time. I drank some water. Um, I'm tasting. It would be like blackberry jam on toast, just a little bit, you know, yeah. and that's pretty cool. I like that. Hmm. That reminds me of that beer we had from South Dakota, where it was like peach marmalade on toast. But this is this kind of actually. This is going to sound strange. This kind of reminds me of Pop Rocks, huh? Because you know they were before was, they start popping. Yeah, because it's like slightly tart, but still a sugary fruitness. Yeah. And even like the, the Blackberry Warhead was not one of the more tart ones. Yeah. Yeah. When you wanted super tart, you went for like sour apple or the lemon. The lemon. Mm-hmm. But the Blackberry one was not super tart. Mm. Or like a... Uh, sour straw, blackberry sour straw. It's mm. still sweet, but has a sour note to it. Right. Yeah. I, right. It's a good beer. I like it. Um, I wish it was slightly tart, more sour. 
but I think the way that it's sour sits enough. Now, <laughs> yeah, I think as a, well, I mean, you know, the okay, so the Cascade Apricot's going to be one of those that you sit down with a purpose to be punched in the face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that it's like now. I want to be punched in the face. I'm going to get one of these beers and I'm going to drink that whole 750 ml bottle by myself. I want to, and I will not be able to taste anything for the next three days. Yeah. <laughs> I want to eat a whole. Night. There, there have been Pound some of those bag. nights where I do that. Not that specific beer, but I'll go buy a Jakobins and I'm like, I'm going to drink the whole thing by myself. Mm. Which, you know, yeah, it's fine. Um, I think this one is much more approachable, and dare I say, sessionable yes. of the sour beers. Yeah. I mean, this would be a higher poundability for me just because I don't get nearly as much yeah, as the Yeah, I, I would say five on this one. Yeah, I mean, at least, really, actually, for me, that's an at least number. Yeah. Ooh. I think the, the sweetness of it might cause problems pounding it. Mm. For me, this is this is pretty easy to pound. I mean, I could be just like messed up in the head after the cascade, but I'd say this is a six. So what? What is it? The uh, the bang abil- uh, pound ability? <laughs> you know, as far as personal preference, I don't think I like this berry all that much. Really? I don't think I like the flavor of it. Mm. Uh, and so that would probably you, lead into my ability to pound it. Are you a blackberry fan? I don't think so. Is it like too Have you tart? ever had fresh blackberries? I don't think so. Mm. You've never had fresh <laughs> blackberries? I, well, I don't really like berries all that much. Like, I don't get blueberry muffins or... No, because the, the, those kind of berries are sweet, and I don't really... I don't really like those either. That's why I like the blackberry and the raspberry, mm. because they have a different profile. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Probably be a four for me for poundability. Pounderability. Mm. Poundability. Now this one would definitely be entered as a fruit beer. Well, it does what? have some sourness. Yeah, I mean you, you anyway. could say mixed fermentation fruit, and I'd buy it. But I would say fruit as a base because there's no. I mean. There's no other base. Yeah. You don't get any real base character. No. So I would just say fruit beer, mixed fermentation, or wild specialty fruit. Kind of the same as the, the apricot. But I would say this one has more of the fruit character and less of the sour than the Compared the to the Cascade, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I feel like this one is less sour, and I wish it was more sour. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm getting a lot of the fruit characteristic, whereas the Cascade was like super Flipped. sour. Exactly. Yeah. The exact opposite, where I wish I had more apricot. And it was so sour, I think it was masking it. See, I still picked up the apricot through the sour. I did, especially as it warmed up yeah, yeah, on that yeah, one. Yeah, but I could use more. Always. Always more. <laughs> I want apricot. I want the bud fruit. What? <laughs> Powers just said he wants the butt fruit. That would be the dingleberry sour. <laughs> oh my. Wow. You gotta watch out or he might touch your butt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sawyer. I'm actually um, quite impressed with Oregon. Yeah. 
Yeah, there were no bombs today. No, they were all solid beers, uh, which can't really say the same for all Some the other, other states s- that we've done so far. We have not done that many. Um, hopefully, more of them were like this and and less like uh, yeah previous states. But anyway, uh, yeah, solid solid beers all the way around. So, what's, what's your favorite out of uh, all the day? Uh, <laughs> would you uh, would you like to have a qualifier on that? <laughs> What's a qualifier? Well, I mean, if I would say favorite overall, I would say the Cascade. Mm, right. But if I were to say drinkability, oh okay. Um, either the Gigantic IPA or the Rogue Kolsch. Mm. So the most drinkable one was definitely the Rogue Kolsch. Um, Cascade was fantastic. I was very happy with that. Now, you know, they they have a new customer out of me just based on that you know yeah. um it was great i always i always trust the rogue name because i've had i've had nothing but pretty solid beers from them um Deschutes also you know i trust them pretty much i see something that i haven't seen of theirs i pick it up and of course gigantic that's the only one you're gonna find so there you go <laughs> i would be interested to see more from them around here because i right no now that i've had that one I'm intrigued to maybe, see what else they do. Maybe we got to go down the Oregon beer trail. Well, because oh! Rogue, Rogue ah! Deschutes, Rogue and Deschutes are have been around and and plethora of different <laughs> word, <laughs> plethora of different beers. So we've all had Rogue and Deschutes something. Oh, yeah. yeah, first gigantic. Um, I like I said, I would be interested to find some more of their stuff and, and see if it's as solid as their IPA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did like the gigantic IPA. I had, thought it had good flavor. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably go with the Deschutes, the fresh squeeze, as far as my favorite out of the ones today. Even really? with the bitterness? Even with the bitterness. The yeah. the amount of, of hop, pure flavor that came with it before the bitterness uh, overtook that. Cascade was good, but it's just it was way too much for me. I couldn't handle it. Give me a little <laughs> taster glass of that at a place like on tap and that's all i'll be good with yeah 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 for me i i love the rogue farms uh honey colch that was super drinkable um just very refreshing i could drink that at any time of the year and really enjoy it and i couldn't say that about all of these beers but that one for sure was delicious Mm -hmm. super delicious yeah amazingly delicious Cool. Magically delicious. Anything else on the rest of these? No. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Brewstaz, where we visited Oregon. What are we doing next week? Next week, we're going to go to the other side of the country, visit the Northeast, and we'll check out New York. Where? And then New York. New York, New York. Please do like and subscribe. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. New York, New York. Credit to Frank Sinatra.